This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. And then when we look back, when we look back 75 years and we learn about 12, me, 12 million people being rounded up on trains, sorted left and right for able-bodied workers and those that are going to be thrown into fire pits as per Eli Wiesel, tattooed systematically on their forearms and then incinerated and had their bones crushed by the Einsatzgruppen or the Sonderkommandos. And we look back and we say, how the hell did they let that happen? How do you let that happen? They, they must have been brainwashed. Well, the Holocaust didn't happen overnight. There's a great book called KL by Nicholas uh, Voschman. And it's, a, it's like a 30-hour audio book. I haven't finished it. I tried. But it starts in 1933. The gradual buildup of mm-hmm. what happened and how slowly it happened. The guards and the inmates used to be buddies. You could leave the concentration camp during the day. You had to be back by sundown. They'd play cards. The guards and the you know and the prisoners, they'd smoke. They'd drink gin together. You'd stay for 72 hours, and then they'd let you out. Every once in a while, one of them would get beaten. And there's like, oh, that was bad. But it wasn't the norm. And then every once in a while, one of them would get killed. And ooh, it, they, they would shut down the camp for a little bit. Ooh, you can't let that happen. But it just progressed very, very slowly. Next thing you know... You can go visit the museum at Auschwitz and you can see the piles of leather shoes and the rings and the teeth. And you wonder, how does it get from A to B? But, you know, like relapsing, what starts as just one beer, you know, ends with you face down in your own vomit with an empty bottle of vodka next to you. And you wonder how the hell you got there. But it starts... Because it's not checked immediately. And that's that's my fear with this is and you know, I'll happily I'll happily be wrong and have it not be that way, but I'd rather speak out at the risk of looking goofy because this is how it starts. It starts it starts so subtly that if you bring it up, people look at you like you're crazy, right? I mean what did the, and I don't say this in a conspiratorial sense, but what did the security of the World Trade Center say after the first plane hit? People were coming down and they were literally saying, go back up to your office. It doesn't matter. I don't say that as a conspiracy. It was just that's what it was. They weren't forced to, but the guards were like, hey, go back up. And people are like, really? And they get back up in their elevator. They'll put out the fire. And it's not until hindsight that you can watch those videos and you're screaming at the screen. You're going, run away, run away. The building's going to come down in 102 minutes. But it's very easy in hindsight. Well, I, I, I hope we don't get so that do I, So do I. Down the road. And my, my hope is, America, you are the last bastion of freedom in the world. It's not going to happen in Europe. They're a lost cause. Certainly not in Canada. The United States of America has to put its standard in the ground and resist in ways that are part of your national um, fiber, the freedom, the land of the free. 
You guys down there have got to show the rest of the world that you're not going to put up with this crap.